here with rss.com podcasting today i'm so excited to bring you sadi simone sadi simone is a spiritual revolutionary and best-selling author pioneering a spiritually sassy heart-based healing movement in which joy and authenticity eliminate the path to enlightenment enjoy the show oh sa welcome to the show i'm so excited you could be here could you tell us all a little bit about what it is you do well thank you so much for having me it's such an honor and a joy to be here what do I do? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I, what I, what I, what I'm doing, let me, let me try to be as simple and as casual about it as possible. Um, I am a seeker. I am a teacher. I am a speaker and uh, I, so I write and I teach and I guide people to rediscover their heart, to do a long journey from the mind into the heart. And the way that looks like is through content on social media, through the podcast, the Spiritually Sassy Show, through my books and through, you know, talks and workshops all around the world. So my work is about um, teaching people to, to find poetry in their pain, to find a smile in their trauma, and to, once they actualize that smile and, and, and do live poetically, then they start to share that joy and that poetry with everyone around them. I call that living as a blessing factory uh, or a miracle worker, because we all have those people in our lives that when we are around them, we just feel so relaxed. They have to do, they don't have to do anything or, or say anything. And we just all of a sudden like, ah, that is my goal with my work is to help people become those people in their lives. I love that. I absolutely love that. Now, so I, I, I read your book a, a little bit of it. And so I know that you used to think that you had to like get quiet and, and, and find your, your spirituality in the quiet, but then That's it right. totally transformed into what it is today. So can That's you talk right. a little bit about that and, and when the podcast became part of the journey? Oh yes. Love this question. You know, and it's, it is like, Part of the process is about getting quiet. And then what we, what happens a lot of times, and I was, you know, I wrote about this in a book too, and I speak about this often. I realized that it isn't about living as I call the zombie Zen, you know, how we equate spiritual seekers and spiritual teachers, um, as the zombie Zen, you have to talk like this, you have to, you know, look like that. You have to wear these kinds of clothes, you have to do these kinds of things. And, and this kind of forced seriousness is so imposed on, on the spiritual seeker and, oh my goodness, the spiritual guide could never do any of the things that I do, right. According to, to some people. Um, but then I realized that, you know, my most transformative experiences with my spiritual teachers, uh, in very traditional settings like India, uh, and, and, and Nepal at monasteries and ashrams in, in these parts of the world. The most transform transformative experiences happened with joy, with laughter, with humor, with playfulness, with this light heartedness. But I felt that I couldn't let my freak flag fly. I couldn't let my sassy nature fly because I thought that that was not spiritual. And then I had this, this revelatory moment where I was like, no, 
you do need to get quiet but then once you once you experience that peace and the and the that 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 arises from 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 being quiet and going inward then it's really about you you know showing the world what freedom looks like and freedom that ex the outer the outward expression of freedom looks different for everybody for me it's bold loud fears you know um being androgynous and 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 really expressing my queerness for other people looks different it may be a little bit more quiet a little bit more more subdued in a variety of different ways but the inner experience of freedom is is the same for everybody so it's i am just a permissionary a permission slip for people to recognize that once they glimpse and experience this inner freedom then the outward expression if it's going to look freaky and sassy and bold and loud and flamboyant that's okay too doesn't matter what some people on a spiritual path have said to you that that does not equate liberation. I'm here to say that it does because I am a living, um, I'm, I'm living proof of proof of it. And of course, with the blessing from people from my lineage and my training too, that's like joy is the way to liberation. And, you know, the, then to talk about the spiritually sassy show, the podcast, which first of all, I'm so grateful for your platform. Uh, and I'm so grateful for everyone who's listening to this show and making the show such a success in such a short amount of time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, what's happened is it's, I needed another outlet to, to express my creativity and to also um, communicate with other uh, people in the space and to have hard conversations with people in this space. You know, I talk a lot about, about, I have a set of questions that on the podcast that I ask every guest. And a lot of times when I realize, I'm like, oh my God, the conversation I have with my friends when we're just hanging out at home, they should be recorded because these conversations are so transformative. They're like, it's so enlightening. They need to be on the record. People need to listen to these things. And that's another thing that I realized like, okay, like, let's use the platform of a podcast for this long form content. And then let's talk about specific questions that oftentimes, you know, sometimes when, when you are, um, you know, engaging with people, you may talk about specific things or you may, you know, kind of just have more casual conversations sometimes. But I wanted to utilize the fact that I have access to so many amazing people to ask them really, really deep powerful questions. And one question that I ask every guest on the show um, is a question of forgiveness. How does forgiveness play a role in your life? And it, the, the answers are like, oh my God, they're just amazing, you know? So that's a little bit about it. That, that's pretty wild. I mean, and, and some of the episodes that you've had, I mean, you've had some pretty amazing people. Like you had, um, uh, oh goodness, how do you, Sophia, um, uh, the yeah you had her yeah. and i mean it's just like and the questions you ask are not your typical questions that you would hear on a podcast because they yeah. go like you said so much deeper so i'm curious mm -hmm. how do you find your guests i find my guests through you know people that i'm inspired by people that like i look around and i'm inspired by and we're the podcast at a point now that we get people every single day asking to be on the show and some people I'm really inspired by, like the other day we had Sri Sri uh, Guru Dev, Sri Sri, um, his sort of uh, name in the space more publicly is Guru Dev, but the, 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 the sort of longer name is Sri Sri uh, Rav Shankar. And he's a, you know, he's, he's ha has like 450 million disciples and he's done work in the prisons and he's had over 800,000 people do his practices in the prison system. 
the dude established in such a massive way. And then I had, you know, someone from his team reach out to me asking if he could be in a podcast. And I was like, of course, hello, love it. Let's talk about the real, real, real stuff. So it varies, you know, sometimes I have people reaching out to me and I think that they're really interesting. Sometimes I have, um, most of the time I have my team reach out to people that I, I know personally, like Sophia, um, or people that I, that I'm really inspired by. Like we had Julia Cameron on the show who wrote the artist way, uh, you know, her book has casually sold over 5 million copies and, you know, she really is the, the queen of, of creativity as the New York times calls her. Um, so I've had her on the show. I mean, there's, I've, and I actually am a little bit wild. I batched recorded. So I recorded episodes for an entire year. So this year I'm just doing a couple of people that I'm really, really inspired by. Um, so I have episodes launching all through this year. Okay. So you batched. That is awesome. Yeah. So what does that process look like for you? Like, do you just like schedule everybody and then tell them, okay, we're going to just go or yeah. how does, how does that work for you? It is freaking wild to be honest. <laughs> but the good thing is, is that I love talking. I love getting to know people. The beautiful thing about having a podcast is that it's in, in the, for anyone who has a podcast, you're talking to people and you're listening to yourself talk. So you're learning so much about yourself and you're learning so much about your guests. So there's this enormous educational and in, an inspirational component to it. Um, during the batch process, it was, it was partly because I wanted to take a, a break. You know, I closed the spiritually sassy school, which a lot of people are upset about, but I needed to, you know, realign with my vows, realign with my purpose, realign with my message. So I decided to let's record episodes, enough episodes for an entire year so I can spend more time in prayer, spend more time in meditation, spend, spend more time dancing, spend more time doing service that I don't, that I don't get anything in return. You know, oftentimes with the nature of my work, like anyone's work, uh, we, we do need a, a monetary support to keep going. But a huge part of my mission is to help people who are in rehabilitation centers in places like Nepal, in, in, a, in a, a rehab center in Kathmandu, and now here in Bali, where I'm currently living. Uh, and I don't get paid to teach at the, at the rehab center in Nepal, Kathmandu. And, and working with the kids here at an orphan center in Bali, Indonesia too. It's like, I want to shift. Um, I want to, and I am, and I have already um, more and more of my work to be helping people who are, who have nothing. You know, because I've been so, so uh, karmically blessed to work with these global celebrities and do things in a really large, beautiful scale and get very well um, uh, financially supportive for that. So all of that money and all of that is to really funnel the resources for the people who have really nothing, you know? Okay. That was a lot. So I got to unpack, <laughs> unpack a little bit. First of all, you said something that struck a chord with me because I've been watching your TikToks. And so you said dancing. When yeah. did the dancing evolve into this whole spiritually sassy moment? Oh my goodness. Thank you for this question. Okay. That's great. Um, so dancing. So you know, I was, I was in a panel and some women, powerful women, like from a big museum in New York, she says, so if I'm gathering this correctly, you dancing on social media is your way of seducing people to take care of themselves. And I was like, you know what? I think that's it. Because when I'm dancing, I'm emanating so much joy 
And that joy activates your joy, the, 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 the viewer who, the, the audience, the, the, who's, who's watching the content, so it activates their joy. And then when they read the caption on TikTok, the captions are, are so, excuse me, so short, but on Instagram, I, I'm able to actually write a really beautiful uh, text that are like, it's inspiring and educational. And the whole direction of that work is to get people to actually recognize that no one's coming to save them. You know, um, you got to save yourself. No one can walk the path from the mind into the heart besides you. Some people like myself and other guides and, 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 and yogis and mystics on the path can help you on that journey, but you got to walk the journey uh, by yourself. It's alone together, right? I say this a lot, alone together. That's what the spiritual journey is like. So uh, dancing became, you know, what she said, I love what she reflected on, but the truth of it, I realized that I love to dance. And then I would bring the intention of, I'm going to dance my anger out. I'm going to dance my depression away. I'm going to dance my anxiety away. And I would bring this intention to the actual movement practice and it would work. You know, I would meditate first, I would pray and I would bring that kind of prayer and, and intentionality of meditation into the dance and I would finish the dance and I'll be like, oh my God, this is a healing tool. And then you look at all the research behind dance has been part of a part of humanity. You know, we dance before we spoke, you know, we dance before we wrote. Um, so, and I realized how healing dance has been for me. And then the Sa method or the spiritual workout or the or the, the, the spiritual dance or the spiritually sassy dance practice, people call it a variety of different ways, um, was born out of me posting this intentional spiritual dance on Instagram, but not having language for it. I was just doing it, you know, and writing these really informative captions about suicide rates, about mental health, about uh, spirituality. And then something wild happens with consistency and repetition. Beautiful things happen for all of you who are thinking about starting a podcast, consistency and, and repetition of, 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 you know, like really that will support you to actually grow your show and, and create something of impact. But through repetition and consistency of me posting these dance videos on, on social media, Deepak Chopra's team casually reached out to me and said, honey, we love what you're doing on social media. Can we meet? And I arrived at their office in New York City and it was like, wow, dream come true because it's Deepak Chopra. I mean, hello, honey. And they said, okay, we want you to teach that practice on a retreat with Deepak. And I was like, oh, casual. Now I have to like give a meaning, a name, and I have to like create a whole philosophy and psychology behind this, this, this dance practice that I've just been doing for my own liberation. But it was very easy to create language for it because I could actually feel the tangible benefits of the practice, you know? So the, the spiritually sassy dance practice has dance, of course, has meditation involved, has mantra practice, and has breath practice. So these four practices are there to activate the four qualities in our heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. And who doesn't want more love, joy, compassion, wisdom in their lives? So the practice is you activate these four practices, these four qualities in your heart. And then again, you enter the world emanating these qualities. Um, so that's how dance came about. And then I, you know, created a whole, um, a whole philosophy behind it. And I attached a lot of, I, you know, did a lot of inner reflection and a lot of inner research to, to actually create 
a movement language that helps people. Um, so that's that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with um, Natalie McNeil of the She Takes on the World, but uh, before every webinar she does, she does a dance party. And then there are times where she'll do a dance party before she's about to like create something for her business. And so she'll be like, okay, she'll tell her assistants, I need, I need just a little bit of time. I got to go dance. And then she'll come back and she'll be like, I can see it. And it's beautiful <laughs> because it's so freeing, right? It opens your mind. It, it opens your creativity. It gets all those juices flowing. And so I'm curious with the TikTok and with the Instagram, with all the dancing, does that bring people to your podcast or is that just one of the many avenues that people find you from? It does. I mean, I think, I think people love, it's so funny to say this out loud, but people love, you know, doing sort of mundane chores and listening to me talk. Uh, and, <laughs> and I think podcasts are really good for that. And at the same time, I invite people to try to listen to the podcast, you know, while you're laying down in your bed and not doing anything else, um, or, or going for a walk and not checking social media and, and, you know, just kind of trying to do make it intentional. So, you know, I think the podcast is like, it was, it's honestly one of the best things that I've created because I'm so happy with every episode and I'm so happy with the conversations and the feedback and all the things. I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, and like every episode, I mean, this is going to sound cheesy, I'm sure, but I don't care. So um, to me, it's like every episode you have is almost like a gift to yourself. It's giving you time with yourself to not only listen to the words that you're saying, but reflect on how they affect your body, how they affect your mind and your path. And, and so that's why I love it just so, so much. So I'm curious though, with um, like monetization, you had mentioned that it became very successful, very fast. Uh, mm -hmm. What avenues are you using to monetize the podcast? So I am coming from a different angle because I launched a podcast when I already had a really large following and a large newsletter and I had a whole marketing team and a manager and an agent. And so I'm, you know, what I'm going to share perhaps isn't, you know, people's experience if they're launching it from, from the ground up. But here's a couple of things that are very helpful for anyone, wherever you are. The way monetization happened for me is I was already doing a lot of content for other brands on social media. I was already speaking for other brands. Um, I was already going to other companies and doing, you know, different things for other companies. So it just became kind of an easier thing to just say, Hey, I can come speak. I can come do this talk. And then what about you? You advertise on a podcast and what about we, you sponsor this dance practice that I'm going to have. So it just. We were able to do this kind of integrated marketing where I'll post on social media, I'll mention in my newsletter, I will do something for your company, and then you sponsor the episode. So it was this integrated marketing uh, approach to it. So I just reached out, my team reached out to a lot of the brands that I had already worked with in the past to then sponsor the, the podcast. So that was, if you already have a sort of a built-in community and you already have brands that you're working with, just reach out to them and see if they want to sponsor the episode, the, the, the show. So that's one side. On the other side, get affiliates, find brands that you love what they do. that are very well established. They are already doing big things. I think we often feel like we have to recreate the wheel. Some people created the wheel and it's moving smoothly. Don't think you need to recreate that thing. Work with them and create your own wheel, create your own thing after. So the affiliate stuff is very important. 
uh, reach out to brands that uh, companies that have amazing affiliate programs and, and incorporate different affiliate, uh, links throughout the show, you know, at the beginning, in the middle and the end perhaps too, but work with affiliate and reach out to them and say, Hey, I'm doing something unique on my show. I think you, your brand could really use this. And if your affiliate is this amount for, for regularly, why don't we up to this? for my company. So I've done affiliate for a variety of different people. And, and it's, it's amazing because you, you are always going to have, uh, someone clicking on that link and being interested in it, but most important with any brand partnership, this is like, I, I was like going, moving on without saying this with every brand partnership and with every sponsorship, with every affiliate, you must see if they have integrity about their brand and their business, the same way that you do, they must have integrity. They must be doing something of benefit into the world. Um, that will help me have a, a, a full body. Yes. When I'm working with a brand instead of like, mm, maybe it's really well paid, but maybe, and then I, it's just, if it's a, maybe it's a hell no for me when, when there is like a full integrity, it's a hell yeah. Okay. That makes complete sense. And I'm so glad you said that because so many people, whenever they start podcasting, they think, oh, okay, I got to create merch or I got to create digital products. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, you don't. You can start with affiliate products and be a partner. Right. And I also yeah. like what you said about making sure that it's someone who has integrity because far too many people are only looking at the paycheck. They're not looking at whether or not it aligns with their values. And so I'm, I'm just so glad you said all of that. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. So yeah. what are you doing right now to promote your podcast, if anything? Oh, we're doing so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> we are doing uh, a newsletter um, and we promote on Instagram every Sunday. I, you know, most regularly I post an a audiogram on my grid. I post multiple stories. We send all the promotional material to every guest who's on the show to for, they, for them to promote to. And, um, I think that's kind of it. It's, and I just regularly, you know, promote the episode because the episodes, because I'm just so proud of the work. I'm just so proud of what we put it, what we're putting out there. You know, it's, it's, it's really amazing, juicy, delicious conversations that are, that move me deeply. And, you know, it's just like, I'm just proud of the work. And when you're proud of the work, you feel excited to share. I love that. So now do your guests, like, do you find that they often are willing to promote or do you ever have trouble getting the guests to promote the episodes too? No, that's a good question. Um, and to be honest, I don't really care. I feel like if the guest promotes great, if they don't great, I feel like my community, um, is, is like really loving what I'm doing and they're coming to me for a very unique experience of spirituality. So therefore I feel like if the guest promotes great. But it's really like, you know, and, and to be honest, yeah, I have these, these big, uh, superstars in the podcast with, a, with a, a lot more followers than I do, but oftentimes it's just people who are living with enormous integrity, who are actually devoted to healing, who are actually devoted to making the world a better place. So I don't care how much followers are. I don't care the size of the newsletter. I don't care about any of that stuff. I just care about the guests having something of value to offer the audience. So. If they share great, if they don't great, we're doing our part, you know? And I also have to say that like, again, consistency will get you to be ranked on, on the, on the, on the, on the, on the platforms. 
And you have to ask the audience to subscribe, to review, to, uh, you know, to, to, to do all the things and to share with their friends, you know? So give a, create a little outro that says, if you love the show, please subscribe, review, uh, send it to your friends, your family, you know, like, um, you know, uh, like don't be afraid of, 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 you know, letting people know that you're excited about what you created. I think we're living in a society of like, you know, of, of being like so critical of, of other people and so much judgment and so much envy and jealousy. So you just got to remember that people who are spilling out, who are being judgmental or critical or, or just, you know, like plainly mean about what you're creating, they're in pain because if someone is at peace with themselves, they would never speak pain into the world or cause pain to another human ever. It's just like a, a natural law. You recognize that, you know, we are each other and we are, we are really like interdependent and interconnected across every mystical tradition. You know this. So if you're at peace, you recognize our interdependence, therefore harming them, it's harming yourself. So that goes with the podcast too. If you're, you know, boldly and loudly and excited about sharing your podcast and people start being sort of mean and vicious about it and you start to feel down, just recognize that they're in pain. So when we're hurt, we hurt others. And when we're at peace, we bring peace into the world. So don't, don't get attached to it. Let it come and let it pass, you know, just keep, just keep going, keep being bold about it and fierce about it. It's interesting you say that because um, you had a um, a video you did recently where you were basically responding to one of your haters. And it was fascinating that your community is so positive that they were like, yeah, we we want what you've got. So give it to us. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of interesting to me how like, even though you do have people that are giving you the, you know, mm. the hate, you yeah. come out of it with such positivity and it's just beautiful. <laughs> Years in the making though. Years in the making. That's not to say that at the beginning of me, you know, coming out as queer and really embracing that I'm brown and I'm queer. Oh my God. Like I'm a statistically not meant to succeed in a society that's, you know, very, that's saying that that isn't normal. That isn't, that isn't the highest vision. That isn't the, 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 you know, the vision of, of beauty and success. But so at the beginning I was, you know, responding to pain with more pain. So it's years in the making to get to a point where I'm actually able to see someone being hateful and recognize that they just need to be loved and cared for. And perhaps I don't have the love and care that I don't have the tools and, and resources to offer them the love and care that they need. But perhaps I know someone who does. Perhaps I can recommend them to somebody. Perhaps I can just point that person uh, to someone, you know. So oftentimes with compassion and, and uh, it's really about you know, not entering into a mindset of hate back, but truly recognize that that person needs to be alleviated from their suffering the same way that we do. And sometimes we don't have the resources. So get out of the way and find a way to offer resources, someone else's resource so that person's causing pain. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Absolutely. And it, it reminds me of um, Denise Duffield Thomas. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Um, I'll have to cut this part out, but she's known as lucky bitch online. But uh, she often says, if you can't forgive someone, then talk to them as if you're talking to the child version of them. You know, that way you're not looking at them as the mean adult that they are. You're looking at them as the helpless child who was hurt. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. And I love that. Yeah. So um, now you've done a lot. I mean, you have a lot of episodes. You keep showing up in our community pages. I mean, you're on fire. But I have to ask you, do you think it's because of the niche that you chose? Not that you didn't. Um, go seeking that niche. It, it it sounds like it found you, 
But do you yeah, think it's it your niche that mm -hmm. is making you so successful? Yes, absolutely. I think, I think so. And I think it's, I say this often to people and I was just talking to my partner earlier today. It's like for people who are wanting to express themselves creatively, yes, look around, be inspired by other people and then pause and then go inside, close your eyes, journal about it, let your own muse you know, orient your life, orient your words, orient your creativity, you know, do a practice that will, that will awaken the inner muse, the inner creative muse for yourself, and then allow her to orient your next step, your next thought, your next words, you know? So I think for anyone who's starting a podcast now and wanting to create something um, of value, something that's impactful, look around at people, what other people are doing, get inspired by them and then say, okay. I have taken this week to do research. Now I'm going to take the next three weeks to cultivate and tickle and flirt with the muse that lives in my heart. What can I do to bring the muse to life? You know, dance, meditate, pray, go be of service, go laugh, um, you know, garden. There's a variety of different things you could do to activate the muse. And then during those moments of, of, of activation and dancing with the muse, you're going to hear the whispers from the heart. The muse will speak to you and say, this is what the podcast should be about. And these are the questions you should ask. Um, I love asking specific questions on the show. And then I, of course, also love, you know, having tailoring questions because my team does the research on the guests and then they send me all the questions that the guest wants me to ask them. And then they send me questions that they research the guest, the questions based on what they research the guest. And then I also have my own intuitive hits and intuitive downloads of what I need to ask the guests. So it's, it's a, it's a, there is, there's quite a bit of, of moving parts that happen behind every episode, you know? So you get those goddess winks while you're talking to them. That's and, right. Yes. I love that, it. Honey. I love it. <laughs> okay. Well, so what do you see for the future of your podcast? What do I see for the future of the podcast? Um, one thing that we're launching soon is more of my life updates, mm -hmm. you know? I think that's people are, since I've left Los Angeles and I went nomadic, me and my partner have gone nomadic. Uh, we put all our house in storage um, and we got rid of the car and we just decided to live nomadically in these pilgrimage places around the world. Um, so what we did, uh, we recorded an episode last week. So I'm going to go back to recording now. Um, mostly life updates. And it's really like, it's not just me telling, hi, I hiked a volcano. Hey, I went to this water temple. Oh my God, I met an oracle. Oh my God, there was a snake in my, in my kitchen. It's like, <laughs> it's not that, you know, only it's that, but like, what did I learn from hiking a volcano at four o'clock in the morning on New Year's Eve? Like, what did I learn from, from meeting an oracle and going to a water temple? What was it like to wake up and have a, a, a huge snake in the kitchen? You know, because I live in a jungle and it's an open kitchen. So things like that happen, you know, monkeys come, snakes come, all kinds of, of, of lizards, all kinds of size. They just show up. So it's life updates. It's something that I think the community uh, is wanting. And I also, you know, was reflecting on it through a psychological um sort of evidence-based and spiritual perspective too. When we retell the things that we like about our day, it, re, it, it restructured the architecture of our brain. It watered the seeds of, of positivity and relaxation and gratitude in our mind, and it opens our heart. So this is why journaling 
gratitude journaling, you know, things you're grateful for in a day or the things that happen in your day that you're happy about, you know, the good things that you've done, talking about them regularly reinforces at a, at a, at a, at a, at a physiological level in your brain, of course, psychologically in the mind and spiritually in the heart. Um, so those life updates are, are, are both an offering to the community and also an offering for me to, to, you know, remember and, and really feel energized and, and, and to, you know, carry those memories with a little, you know, a, a little tighter, closer to me, you know, because we have the negativity bias, you know, wired into our brain, wired into our mind. So therefore we are constantly just looking out for the negatives and only remember the negative parts of our life and not really focusing so much on the, on the good things that happened. So life updates are coming to you. Yeah. What is it? They say the, the lizard brain, it's such a hater. That's right. <laughs> Our lizard brain, yeah. Such a hater. Now I have That's at least, true. I have at least five people that I know that are going to be very upset with me if I don't ask you this. How yeah. did the Cardi B thing happen? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> so the Cardi B happened the same way that the Kanye West thing happened. It's like, they find me, you know, um, and it's, and then it's many talks, many talks, many contracts, many things I can't say anything about, you know? Um, and it's someone reaches out to you on email or someone introduces you because they like your work to, to them. And, and then it was months in the making for, for, for me to come and film with Cardi B that day. Um, we we're trying to figure out like, what would be the best, uh, healing practice? for her and for the show, uh, what's something that would, that would, that would look beautiful, that would feel energizing and healing for her. Um, and then we changed the practice a few times because, you know, Cardi was pregnant when we were filming the, the episode. And, um, but I, if there's one thing that I always, you know, speak to people, and it was the first thing that kind of set me off to go, um, you know, uh, live in India, Nepal years ago in the spring of 2014 was forgiveness. I didn't know how to forgive myself and I didn't know how to forgive other people. And I didn't know how to ask for forgiveness. You know, I had been trained and I think, you know, people could relate to this to act in a polar opposite of, of letting go and making peace with the past and recognize that my mistakes did not make, did not mean are not who I am and people's mistakes. The way people have caused me pain, that behavior isn't who they are, although we see as behavior as who someone is at the base of their being. So it was through the practice of forgiveness that I realized that like, you know, we're not our mistakes and we actually have the choice to stop the cycle of pain going forward and forgiveness is a gift to yourself. And I mean, yada, yada, I can talk about forgiveness for hours and hours and hours. But when I thought about what is one thing that I would like to offer Cardi B and that huge audience was forgiveness. And how do we make forgiveness um, cool and, and, and appealing? It was during a, um, an art uh, ritual where we're painting um, using- Which paint, was my favorite part of, of that episode, by the way. Okay. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but that was my favorite. <laughs> like watching y'all paint, that was my favorite part of the episode. Um, for anybody who's listening to this who has no idea what we're talking about, uh, Sa got this amazing opportunity to actually do a healing practice with Cardi B, and it's on Facebook right now, and we'll definitely leave a link down below because it's an epic video. <laughs> oh, thank you, honey. Yeah, so it, it was an amazing opportunity to share forgiveness. I said, you know, if um, if whatever, however it goes down a day, at least I... I'm happy that I was able to share a forgiveness practice with such a legendary, um, iconic star. 
And you know, you you watch her having resistance to the first part of the of the of the, of the forgiveness ritual, and then she comes in full circle and says, you know, she says those words, "Forgiving them is a gift to myself." You know, I feel more at peace, and so you know, give yourself the 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 laugh and and go watch the the episode. Oh, it's it's a fantastic episode. Well, I'm gonna ask you the one thing that I ask everyone: What is one thing that I didn't ask you? You really wish I had. Oh my God, honey. I don't know. <laughs> Put you on the spot uh, there. I know. One thing you didn't ask me that I wish you did. Um, about my painting practice, my personal painting practice that I'm looking at my painting right now. I haven't painted in 20 years, but I started since moving to Bali and I'm painting. Um, you know, I'm really using creativity as I use with Cardi to express my heart, to, you know, really heal my relationship to my past to anchor myself more in the present moment. And I'm not a painter and I don't have traditional training. I'm just looking at it and like, oh my goodness, honey, that's a mess. But I'm just happy with the, my choice to, to create with my pain, to use it as inspiration for liberation, you know? What's uh, the one message that, uh, the one message that keeps coming through is forgiveness. But is there any other message you really want to leave with the listeners of this episode? One other message that I wish to leave with the listeners of the episode. I'm putting you on the spot left and right. I know. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I don't do well with that either. I mean, people have like those fire, rapid fire questions. I'm like, honey, I can't do it. I asked my team to like, make sure to cut that out of every episode. Cause I'm like, okay. I don't know. But if you want, we can cut it. <laughs> no, no, no. What's one message I can leave with people. It's, um, I think we should just, you know, emphasize the importance of learning to forgive yourself, forgive others and ask for forgiveness and recognize that forgiveness is the nectar of presence. And it's the, the gateway to unconditional love. Um, so if you want to experience genuine self-care, learn to forgive yourself. Well, my fellow podcasters, I hope you enjoyed all the amazing insights that Sadi Simone had to offer. To learn more about launching and growing your own podcast, visit us at rss.com backslash blog. You can get started for free by getting your first episode on us. Thanks for tuning in.